0: Welcome to the Commercial Property Investor Show. If you ever wanted to get into commercial property but don't know how to, this is the show for you. We're going to take you through live market updates, how to put a deal together, what the experts say about commercial property, and real life investor journeys and how they became financially free through commercial property. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Commercial property compliance, risks, and pitfalls that you could be making. Now, when you invest in commercial property, there's Lots of pitfalls that I've already covered previously on uplift, as well as set and forget. But when it comes to compliance, these are the things that often gets missed. Things like fire, things like uh, electricals, plumbing, roof, uh, oh and Lots and lots of different things that crop up for different type of properties depending on your tenant and whether you need a change of use, whether it's compliant for use. All of these things come together when you're actually doing your final commercial property deal and it's very specific. So join me for this podcast and let me share with you the different areas I look for when I'm looking at compliance for commercial property investment. Further, It's worthwhile to note if you haven't listened to the other two, go back and listen to the other two because it gives you a complete picture of what you need to get a commercial property compliant, what are some of the pitfalls you've got to look at, and also moving forward, uh, what are some of the things to really do your due diligence around when uh, you are buying your first commercial property. Today, I'm actually going to talk about compliance and issues that you're going to run into those pitfalls and mistakes. So this is part three of it. If you haven't heard, and this is your first video with me, go back and watch the one that was posted on Tuesday and the one after that. And it's going to be about all the pitfalls. So we've done three pitfalls. This is the third one. The first one is on actual uh, set and forget properties, the kind of pitfalls you could run into. The second one is on, on uplift properties, what you can run into. Number three, this one here, I'm going to talk about compliance issues because that's, num- that's one of the things that no matter what kind of property you get in commercial property or residential, you are going to run into some of these issues issues, right? So that's why we're going to talk about it today, right? And also, one of the other things we will cover off today is that, you know- my YouTube video now has been running for a long time, so hopefully you've subscribed and hit the bell. Going forward, we're now going to go into weekly episodes rather than every twice a week. So, weekly episodes, and I'm going to bring you some different things. We're going to interview some people around in the industry. We are going to be interviewing people who have stories around commercial property and really sort of getting you to think that, you know, bigger and broader, there's a bigger community out there as well. But also one of the most important things going forward is I want you to check out you know one of our live events, one of our one of our boot camps, or one of our webinars, and and really come and join us, find out more information on commercial property. On that front, let's launch into it. Now, number three, the three things, right? Well, we looked at you know different things about rents, we looked at you know compliance, we looked at you know capital costs. So now compliance, one of the first things is to is asbestos. Asbestos is basically, this is your issue, right? Now, not all asbestos is are deal breakers, right? So not all asbestos are deal breakers, but right? asbestos compliant and management register need to be on the premise of the property you are buying if it has asbestos in there. If it doesn't have asbestos in there, then you just get a report that says no asbestos, you keep that handy, that's it. But if you do have asbestos, the report needs to be updated every five years and you need to have a report right at the beginning just to pinpoint what the asbestos is and there's a management register right it is the vendor's responsibility or you as you become the purchaser and become the vendor in the future responsibility to do that it is not uh, for you as the purchaser to get it but sometimes it may be faster for you to get it because the vendor is not realizing they need to get it because typically they've owned the property for 10 20 or even five years when they didn't need to get it and now they're really cracking down on it but you have to have asbestos. And sometimes the bank is even asking for asbestos registers. So it's really, really important to have asbestos registers and have that compliance. Now, you can choose to remove the asbestos or you can choose to, to leave it in there. But if you choose to leave the asbestos in there totally fine as long as your tenants are aware of it they're not doing major renovations you're not punching a hole into it it's all good as long as also you got to remember that when you do go and do renovations on this property that you have adequate and the right kind of people going there to remove the asbestos that's all you need right we had some asbestos removed in one of our developments down in albury 100 grand worth of stuff so we really do know our asbestos stuff and we do see it look it's not a deal breaker a lot of older buildings in queensland do have it so just be aware that you know where it is and most of the time, it's in the electrical boards. It's in it's it's around the kitchen area, and sometimes it's you know in the ceilings. Most of the time, ceilings and awnings, right? And look, if you're not really doing anything to it, it's not going to matter. But you know, depending on the type of asbestos, yeah, if, if you do have a hurricane or a hailstorm, it can actually make it. Uh, it can make it worse, right? So there's always pros and cons of it, and how to deal with it uh, is a on on basis, right? So that's what it is now. The other thing to look at is your compliance in terms of zoning compliance, right? A lot of people don't realize this when they buy warehouse properties, that zoning compliance to deal with warehouse properties can be huge. So what does that mean? That means that when you're doing, uh, you've got a warehouse and it's 80-20, so 80% warehouse and 20% office. If you put more office space there, you become non-compliant. And when you're non-compliant, you have to a uh, Ask for change of use with the council. Sometimes the council says, yes, sure, you get change of use. There's no issues with that. Sometimes the council says, no, go away, no change of use. Off you go, kind of thing right? Um, But the thing is that you really have to be aware of what the council is going to say, because if you say no change of use and you've got tenants in there that is non-compliant, then you risk them kicking them out, right? And maybe making a compliance cost you an extra twenty or $30,000. So you've got to do that during due diligence to look at the zoning and whether you comply with the zoning. Sometimes you get a tenant in there and they haven't done the change of use, that's something you have to make sure they do. Right, uh, So you, you need to find those things out. So so that zoning is really important, but also important if you want to continue in the future to actually go and do uh, the... When you go up later on to one, day, if you want to do development, you want to do some changes, you want to find that out. But remember, these things are found out during due diligence, not before due diligence, because if you do it before due diligence uh, and before you get into contract in certain states, especially in Queensland you're basically wasting everyone else's time and the property's gonna be sold before you know it. So get that, right? And then we've got, so that's sorted. The other thing important is electricals and plumbing, right? Sometimes electrical boards needs to be upgraded so, they need to be, and, and you need to check them as inspections. When we do inspection site inspections, we check those things, and that's really, really important because if you need to rewire something, and I've just had something to be rewired, it can cost you tens of thousands of dollars, right? Um, not a two or three thousand dollar thing, tens of thousands of dollars, right? So, and sometimes you need to split electricity and water because you have dual tenancy. You need to find out how you can do that, and again, there's something you find out during DD, so that's what you're going to do, right? Plumbing. Uh, depending on the property itself, dentists obviously already have their plumbing installed, hairdressers of course, but if you're doing if you're doing a change of use or you're thinking of the versatility of the property, you've got to look at how does that plumbing affect it, right? Can you go from a cafe restaurant to a hairdresser to a dentist later on? What are some of the points? Is it doable? Is it something that you really um, can afford to do for the tenant? Or is it something that, you know, it's part and parcel what the tenant is going to do? But is it even feasible in your property? Or is it going to cost you an extra 10, 20, $30,000? Because of course, with enough money and enthusiasm and time, you can do almost anything. But the thing is, you don't have such deep pockets. You might not have deep pockets and may not be worth you to change a $500,000 property and spend 50 grand on putting all this new plumbing, right? So, that is the important thing, right? Of course, electricals make sure everything's compliant. The wires doesn't create fire hazards is one of the things that insurances look at. So that's very important as well. Then, of course, we have fire compliance. Now, fire compliance leads directly to insurance. So if you're under you have a fire hazard, then that is probably going to create an issue. Right, so what does that mean? It means that if you have like a tattoo shop, a, um, a deep someone with a deep fryer, so a fish and chip shop, a tire shop, those things are gonna spike your insurance, right? There may not be fire hazards all of them like a deep fry is definitely fire hazard and if you're next door to it sometimes you even pay high insurance thai shop definitely is and of course you've got the tattoo parlor because of skin penetration uh using equipment uh and and that is additional risk right this is skin piercing so uh, those are to do with with you know spiking up the insurance but of course coming back down to the the fire hazard two tenants and also there's lots of other tenants that could be hazardous so if they do resin so surfboard people we've got a tenant or surfboard so we know resin or or if they do things like car parts and mechanic parts some of the ways they have spray booths they can have flammable uh, materials which is again fire hazard right you've got to know that fire compliant for the building whether that needs to be sprinklers in there, uh, you have you know, your all your fire blankets. all of that needs to be treated, needs to be done properly. So if you're taking over an old building, and you're not sure, the next step for you is really, really like just getting someone out there, like a fire wise person to, like a company that go out there and they'll make it, fire, they'll check for fire compliance of that property and they'll give you a report and you can go along and fix that or get the vendor to fix that, right? Because it's really, really important because if you create fire, if you have FIRE in your building and you're not adequately insured for it in terms of that you created it because you underinsured or you didn't disclose it or for whatever reason you didn't make it FIRE compliant, then the insurance is not going to pay out and you have a huge loss. So it's really important. So FIRE is number one important and so we always check in terms of compliance. And of course, then anything to do with councils and there's, and there's particularities around different types of tenants as well. Um, So those are the flow-on effects. Lots and lots of things and lots and lots of pitfalls, but these are the things to mainly check for, but mainly that when you become a landlord, even if the previous landlord didn't have it, previous landlord didn't have it, when you become a landlord, make sure you have it, right? And that's really important. That's what we specify for our clients, that they have these things in place, even though it might be more costly and you might find that the yield is a little bit less and that, uh, that you might take a hit on a quarter of a percent on your yield, ultimately what you want to be is you want to get to a point where you know you can sleep at night everything is properly done and that if something did happen the insurance is absolutely going to pay you out and you're absolutely secure and also the safety of your tenant is really really important so Hopefully, on that note, uh, that completes our part three. I look forward to seeing you next week, where we go to one episode a week. Uh, we are going to be doing that one episode a week uh, during midweek, so we'll be doing that on a uh, on a Wednesday, and then that means that you'll get to see it uploaded every Wednesday as well going forward. Look out for my book cashed up with commercial property link below to order bye for now and that completes our series of compliance and pitfalls and pit and mistakes that you can make in commercial property so there is uplift and set and forget as well as uh, compliance all the things coupled together make it uh lengthy but well worth due diligence process so you know exactly what you've bought, you know the property intimately and going for, you know, how to overcome any risks. The most important thing is not about having, avoiding the risks and not doing the deal. The most important thing is to know how to mitigate those risks and how to reduce them and how to have a strategy around it. Those are the more important things. So hopefully this series has been informative. Join me next as I interview a a first-time commercial property investor, and their thoughts around their investing in commercial property, and how how they came around in their mindset of changing from residential to commercial going forward. So in the meantime, if you want to find out more about us and what we do, Helen Tarrant, Commercial Unicorn Commercial Property, there is a link below to find out more about us. Order my book, and I will see you at the next podcast.